This is a podcast by The Straits Times. This is Asian Insider, and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, it is barely three to four weeks since the March 16 massacre, in which a young white man killed eight people, including six Asian American women, at three spas in the Atlanta area. And there continues to be a rash of reporting and commentary on the status of Asian Americans, or Asians for that matter, in the United States. This has come on top of a year of very contentious debate over race relations in the United States. With the Atlanta killings, more and more ethnic Asians are speaking out about the racist harassment they face on a day-to-day basis. And that is even before the recent documented rise in incidents targeting people of Asian ethnicity. Now, historically, there have been laws targeting, for instance, Chinese people specifically, and there have been tragic cases of mistaken identity. A young Chinese man beaten to death in 1982 by two white men in the belief that he was Japanese. After the 9-11 terrorist attacks, Sikhs were targeted in the belief they were Muslim. So there is a long history of prejudice. And the recent rise comes on top of a wave of anti-China sentiment specifically on the back of the COVID-19 pandemic and against a backdrop of rising tension between China and the U.S. A lot of Asian Americans say this has been going on a long time, but now enough is enough. President Joe Biden has also said this must stop. Yet every day we hear of more incidents. One particularly shocking incident in New York City in which a Filipina woman was suddenly viciously attacked and seriously injured. Now, today on Asian Insider, I am joined by two Singaporeans who have been living in the States for many years. Jareen Tan is a visiting professor at Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts and has written very eloquently recently about her own experience as an Asian woman in particular in the United States. And Eunice Lau, a film director who has lived all over the world, including in Los Angeles and now lives in New York City. Eunice has done a range of documentaries, including one on Asian gangs in Atlanta and most recently a highly acclaimed and really excellent documentary called Accept the Call. Now, thank you very much, both of you, uh, for joining me uh, on Asian Insider. Much appreciated. Jareen, may I start with you? You wrote very eloquently about your own unarticulated feelings, and a lot of others with whom I have spoken have expressed similar pent-up feelings. But can you elaborate briefly on this issue of Asian women being, as you put it, dehumanized and targeted? What sort of stereotyping have you faced, and how do you deal with it? Yes, um, as I wrote about in my essay, um, you know, I think all Asian women have had the experience of some form of harassment, street harassment, especially. Um, And often, you know, in places like America or other parts of the West, it's a lot of ni hao or, um, you know, that Kubrickian line, me love you long time. And it's always um, an act of objectification. Right. Um, it's trying to get a rise out of you um, or trying to get some other kind of reaction. So there's a lot of the street harassment that goes on, but also the more the microaggressions. Right. So assumptions around one's language, right, your fluency or assumptions that um, you're shy, which, um, you know, kind of allows for them to, to have the gall to you know, harass you on the street. 
Um, but then there are, the all, there are also other things like assuming that, you know, one is only able to be in the position that you're in because you're a token, right? So there's a way in which you kind of can't win. You're either assumed to be not good enough or if you are, if you inhabit a certain position that it's because you're Asian or because you're a woman. Um, and of course, this has changed over the last 20 years as well because of the changing um, geopolitics and the rise in China as well. I think when I first came to the US, um, there were people were asking me like, oh, where in China is Singapore, right? Or do you get hanged for chewing gum? Questions like that. Um, whereas now it's very much, you know, crazy rich Asians, the assumption that, you know, all Chinese looking people are rich um, and so on. So I, I think it's kind of interesting to trace also how that has changed over the years. Eunice, post-Atlanta, the question of Asian Americans' place in the United States has been elevated. But do you think this conversation can be sustained? I think it's too early for us to actually, you know, make a conclusion yet. Um, because I don't actually see, even though we see outpouring of support, you know, from politicians, polit policymakers. Um, but at the same time, I don't see any sort of changes you know, that is actually say we're dismantling white supremacy, which is really the problem behind the injustice that, you know, we're still dealing with today. And, um, but I am heartened by the fact that, you know, more Asians are coming out and, you know, um, to the, these rallies that we've been holding and that, um, you know, you see them actually learning something from Black Lives Matters movement that has really been going on in the country in the last few years. And realizing that nobody is going to give us, you know, our, our rights, you know, we have to fight for them ourselves. So I think that we are learning the, the, the value of coming together and building bridges, not just among um, ourselves, our community, the pan-Asian community, but also with the other, um, you know, ethnic groups and races like, you know, Blacks, Browns, people of color, LGBTQ+, um, and Hispanics. I'm glad you mentioned Black Lives Matter. I was going to get to that. Jereen, last summer, we saw this wide cross-section of ethnicities actually come out to join Black Lives Matter protests, and that was really interesting. Do you think the situation of Asian Americans resonates with other minorities? I mean, I don't see that many joining the rallies for Asian Americans. They're still overwhelmingly Asian American. Um, I, I think... That we, we really have to look at the, the long history of race relations in America. Um, and again, I think there is a, the assumption that Asian people or Asian Americans are quiet or tend not to you know, want to rock the boat. But that still ties into what is really the model minority myth. Right? It was a myth that was created. And if we look at the data, it doesn't always show that this myth um, coheres. And in fact, the term Asian American is a political term, and it's not, um, and not only one that denotes ethnicity, right? It was born out of a moment in the 60s out of student protests and political struggle, um, and was inspired by the Black Power movement in the 60s, right? Um, by protests against the Vietnam War and so on. And so that's actually why um, at a lot of these Black Lives Matter protests, you see posters like Yellow Peril for Black Power. Um, so the, the two groups have um, reasons to draw from each other's kind of political struggles. Um, and we also have to look at the long, long history of anti-Asian um, racism, right? So it's not, um, it's not only happening now, even though to go back to your question before you asked, um, you know, has 
their place in the United States actually been elevated. And I think what we have to ask here is what we mean by elevated, right? Do we mean more politically visible um, or that they've become a politically important demographic or that their lives have been improved? Um, I think this recent spate of, of cases, this spike in, spike in cases has shine, um, shone a light on, on the issue, but it's always been happening, right? As you mentioned, um, the Vincent Chin case before, um, and long before that as well, right? Um, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, and before that, the Page Act, going back to the dehumanization of Asian women, the Page Act in 1875 actually bought Asian women from entering the US on the presumption that they were immoral women, right, prostitutes, um, and so on. Um, so yeah, I think we really have to look at the longer picture rather than this moment or last summer, um, and so on. Uh, Eunice, what have you learned about minority groups and race relations from living and working in the United States? What are the lessons for other multi-ethnic societies? As we know, prejudice and racism is not particular to the West, though in America it has a particular significance and a very particular history. But I mean, tell me a little bit about what your takeaways are. What have you learned from living and working in the States? I, I mean, one thing for sure is that um, a lot of the trauma that we see here, in some ways, I feel like it's familiar. Um, in the sense that, you know, um, I, we are born in a sort of post-colonial country and we had to deal with the trauma of uh, identity, who we are, um, and how Singapore became a nation was uh, the separation, the trauma of like being told that, um, of not being wanted or, or, you know, that whole race relationship. So we have our own sort of uh, history of trauma and colonialism which is also, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, a, a different form of uh, white supremacy, but pretty much the same. So, um, and that, but at the same time, I've never felt more conscious about being Chinese or Asian or being different as I have been made to feel in America. So, you know, in the past, I would refer to myself as a Chinese, Singaporean or Peranakan, but, you know, over here, you just get lumped together as an Asian. So, you know, as Jareen was saying about how this, this term about Asian American was coined out of a sort of necessity. Um, so, you know, now we, it's like, I have to sort of redefine myself or in some ways. And um, that's one thing, but uh, I think that what is also very inspiring is looking at the sort of um, the fight or the resistance that this country has been going on and not giving up on it. Interesting. Uh, Jereen, would you like to add to that? Uh, the same question to you, really. What are the lessons you've learned? What are your takeaways from living with, you know, for 14 years, I think, in the United States and witnessing what has been going on? Yeah, I think I too am very, very inspired by the political struggles of um, the group um, and how Asian American, as I said, is a political term. Um, I think also at this moment, um, there is a struggle to cohere. As Eunice said, um, I also think about how I position myself in this space. Um, I'm Asian, I live in America, 
I'm Singaporean. I've lived in America half my life. Um, what does that make me? Um, I study this stuff. Um, and when I talk about it, how do I position myself? How do I think about these things? Um, and I think that is the struggle for this moment where the rhetoric is around Asian Americans, right? But of course, um, the spirit of the movement is against violence um, towards Asian people, against you know racism in general and against white supremacy. Um, and I think there's there's something to be um, learned, again, looking back at history, right? I, I'm recalling the um, example that you invoked of Vincent Chin, where it was a Chinese man who was mistaken for a Japanese man and murdered by two white unemployed um, auto workers because they resented um, the Japanese auto industry at the time. Um, and what I worry about now, uh, you know, um, um, conversations around um, certain groups of people as collateral damage. And I think that's part of the complexity of thinking about China's position in the world in relation to the US now as well. Um, so I think uh, what this moment really calls for is coherence rather than further division. Um, and yeah, coherence, I think is where I'll land on. Coherence. Coherence is a good word, yes, absolutely. Jerin Tan, Eunice Lau, it has been a pleasure having you on Asian Insider. Thank you very much for your time. And stay safe out there. So there's a long history of prejudice against Asian Americans in the United States, which the community has suffered largely in relative silence. The Atlanta massacre may have changed that. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.